You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW Talknet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with another special weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us during this important week in the history of our republic, which is further confirmation that the Mueller special counsel operation could find no evidence of collusion against President Trump in terms of any uh, conspiracy or what have you with the Russians. Uh, That was an investigation that should never have taken place and was an assault on our republic. So the fact that it's ending is just fantastic news. On top of that, Judicial Watch, of course, has not given up figuring out what the deep state has been up to. We have a big lawsuit over leaks to CNN from the Obama gang. Plus, we have a lawsuit over the Clinton email issue, whether there was a deep state cover-up of news that the Intelligence Committee had that the Chinese may have been hacking her email server. And then, of course, we have the ongoing crisis on our border, which is being overrun as we speak. And in fact, that's what I'm going to begin with, because that really is the crisis of the moment, in the sense that something urgent needs to be done. Uh, The news out of the southern, southern border is that our system is being overwhelmed. It's collapsing because of the numbers of illegal aliens coming to the border and seeking asylum and other, um, and frankly, other ways to get in uh, without having to follow the law. Obviously, if you seek asylum, that is a lawful process, uh, but the numbers are overwhelming. We are running out of space, as as allocated thus far. So our reporting is, and uh, the complaints we're hearing from the that area is that uh, people are being released by the hundreds and the thousands. Uh, The numbers are extraordinary. If the rate continues um, as it is now, we will have admitted illegal aliens to the tune of 1.35 million this year. So we're at a record pace for illegal aliens invading our country. Uh, Now, who's at fault here? We've got the establishment that refuses to secure the border. That's pretty clear. You saw that in the fight with the president's national emergency, uh, where you had some Republicans and even some Democrats try to uh, overturn his uh, declaration, a narrow declaration of a national emergency on the border. I tell you, a national emergency is probably not strong enough a word. I know that's a legal term, uh, but it's a national crisis on the border. We have an open border. Uh, We are unable to control it. Uh, The numbers are a crisis, and something urgent needs to be done uh, beyond, uh, frankly, even building a wall. Uh, Because a wall is never going to be built in time. It may be necessary, but it is not sufficient at this time to uh, secure the border as it needs to be secured. What I'd recommend that the—now, the president is recognizing this. As I've said before, the president is the first president in a generation— you know, frankly, in the last 30, 40, 50 years, to talk honestly about the crisis on the border. And uh, even as we, uh, I think even today, uh, the president was threatening to close all or part of the border if the Mexican government didn't do its part uh, to make sure that we weren't continued to be overrun uh, by illegal aliens, caravans and otherwise. Uh, coming up from Mexico. I think one of the things you need to understand is that we don't control our border anymore. The cartels do on both sides. 
Now, we may be in places, our, 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 our Border Patrol, our uh, Immigration Customs Enforcement, our Justice Department, you know, we will have places where we are uh, securing the border, uh, allowing people in, processing them, which means essentially just keeping them uh, detained for a few days before they're released and never show up again. Uh, but that's not controlling the border. And certainly much of the other border is uncontrolled and unsecure. And all that, all that traffic, all that human trafficking, trafficking is generated by the cartels. So we don't control our side of the border, and, we, and the Mexican government, similarly, does not control its side of the border. So what's the solution? Well, you know, the immediate solution is, uh, I would suggest, the following. Uh, just have the military, my, one of my colleagues uh, highlighted this possibility, and others have highlighted it as well, uh, triple concertina, uh, concertina wire, which is that kind of the rounded uh, barbed wire you see that sometimes provides uh, security. And triple uh, is you do it in, in stacks of three, and it's almost impossible to climb over or get through uh, when you set it up that way. And that can be done uh, pretty darn quickly to secure the border. Uh, but I think a more uh, serious solution in the end is to have the military deploy the border, uh, de deployed to the border, the president should charge the military with securing the border. And, uh, and that doesn't mean just our side. It means securing the other side. Because the Mexican government does not control the other side of the border. So our military should deploy into Mexico as far as necessary to interdict individuals seeking to enter our country. That will solve the asylum issue because they will be trying to seek asylum in Mexico, and they will not be uh, allowed entry into the United States. It will solve the security issue in terms of preventing our cartels from uh, coming up into the United States. And it will solve the law, rule of law issue. Because as of today, there are tens of thousands per month of illegal aliens coming into the country and living, living here illegally, undermining the rule of law. So it would protect the nation secure the rule of law, protect our national security, protect the public safety and save lives. Now, the president's talking about securing the border. I'm not quite sure what that entails, but it fits in nicely with deploying the military to secure the border. I mean, we've had this experiment, this long-running, decades-long experiment, where we've had civilian agencies secure the border, and it isn't working. It's, it simply isn't working, and we have to. And, and the current crisis in, uh, is is a is a recognition, you know, is a uh, terrible demonstration that it's not working. You know, our military used to secure the border with Mexico, and they stopped doing that around the fifties. Well, they need to start doing it again. Thousands of special interest aliens. These are aliens with uh, uh, national security um, alerts tied to them, meaning that there's something about their activity that suggests terrorist ties. Thousands of special interest aliens are come across the border every year or run into by our agencies every year. Those are the ones we know about. So in addition to kind of the general problem of having large numbers of aliens illegally present in the United States, and overrunning our border, we have the added national security component. Now, what else is behind this? Talk of amnesty. 
because I'm convinced, and this would be more of a policy statement, that when you talk about amnesty, you encourage people to cross the border. Because I know the solution is going to be out of Washington, D.C., on Capitol Hill. What Capitol Hill is going to say is, uh, because of the open borders crowd in both parties, that we need amnesty in order to secure the border. And they will pretend to uh, uh, support efforts to secure the border that will be half-baked and probably will never be fully implemented while providing a massive amnesty to encourage, I think, more illegal immigration. And on top of that, we have this air of lawlessness, this massive lawlessness as a, as a result of this radical effort by the left at the local and state level to undermine immigration law by providing aid and comfort to illegal aliens, by protecting them from being deported, by refusing to cooperate, if not thwart, federal immigration law, placing the public at risk and encouraging more illegal aliens. So there's got to be a crackdown on sanctuary cities. And I'm proud of the fact that Judicial Watch has a major lawsuit, a taxpayer lawsuit against the San Francisco sanctuary policy that is now in discovery. We represent a taxpayer. In California, taxpayers can challenge the illegal expenditure of tax dollars. So if tax dollars are being used to promote an unlawful government policy, there's the possibility of going to sue in court and stopping that and state court. And to that end, we did something like that in San Francisco. We represent a taxpayer who is outraged at the uh, San Francisco sheriff's policy uh, that results in illegal aliens being released without ICE being informed, criminal illegal aliens. These are illegal aliens who have been jailed for other crimes but other than their criminal presence here in the United States. And we see story after story, not only in San Francisco, of that taking place and people dying, cops getting killed, uh, women getting raped, you name it. People getting run over by drunk drivers, you name it. The carnage is real. And San Francisco's deadly and illegal alien, uh, deadly and illegal sanctuary policy is being uh, challenged by Judicial Watch in court right now, and we are, God willing, uh, set to go to trial in July of this year. So we're not waiting for a wall. Judicial Watch has never waited for Washington, D.C. to get its act together. And that's why we've been a national leader in highlighting the dangers of unbridled illegal immigration, the threat to the rule of law, trying to support the rule of law by challenging sanctuary city policies. I mean, back in the day, no one was focused on this, and I know it's still going on, uh, Judicial Watch had challenges to day labor sites. Did you know that local governments, I'm sure, probably your local government, is using tax dollars to support day labor sites where illegal aliens go to get illegal work? Yeah. Judicial Watch had challenged that successfully here locally in Washington, D.C. But these sanctuary policies are a menace to our, our ability to secure the borders. You could have a wall 100 foot high. But if there are giant welcome signs all over, our, all over our major cities, it probably won't work in the long run. Like I said, it's necessary, but not sufficient. So I don't know what the president's going to do next week. I hope he doesn't back down. 
The crisis is not going to abate. You know, we think, uh, the people in Washington think illegal aliens don't know, aren't, aren't sophisticated enough to follow our politics. They follow our politics pretty darn closely. And when they see politicians sniffing around amnesty, they come running because they want to get some. And when they see asylum laws being abused, and it pretty much and it becomes an easy way to get across the border, they're going to come get some of that too. And when they see a refusal of Congress to deploy the resources necessary to secure the border, they're going to take advantage of that as well. And the president has the constitutional authority, and dare I say it, the duty to protect our border. And let me say something else. If the federal government doesn't do it, the states can get together and do it. The Constitution, and you can look it up, specifically allows the states to get together to defend themselves against a foreign invasion. And if that's not an invasion, I don't know what would be. So as Washington talks about whether or not they're going to see the Mueller report, our country's under assault on the southern border. We have no border in the south. People's property is being destroyed. People's lives are being destroyed. People are dying as a result of the federal government's failure to secure the border. So, of course, Washington wants to talk about something else. So, Judicial Watch, as I say, is front and center on this, and we're going to do the work we can, everything we can, expose what's going on. Remember, we traveled to Guatemala, our team, my colleague Chris Farrell, Irene Garcia, along with our friend Sarah Carter, traveled to Guatemala to expose the corruption behind the caravan movement. We've exposed that long ago. We know what's going on. We've got people on the border calling us every day, telling us every day what's going on. We know what's happening. And we try to alert you here and through our other uh, educational activities. So the good news this week, and I should start, and I'll, I'll get to the good news, is the Mueller report. Now, do I think the Mueller report is a good thing? No, I never thought there should be a Mueller report. But it is good that the Mueller investigation finally is over. If, you, uh, just, if you've been watching me on our weekly updates or following us on social media, you will have noticed, I hope, that Judicial Watch has been in the forefront, at least I have personally, saying shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. From the moment of its inception, Judicial Watch was skeptical of the Mueller special counsel operation. We had concerns about its constitutionality. We thought the president was in, uh, constitutionally could not be harassed by his own Justice Department. We knew it was corruptly formed as a result of illegal leaks of confidential FBI records stolen by James Comey to the media. And then on top of that, you learn about the struck Lisa Page, anti-Trump animus, the anti-Trump fanaticism that was part of the Mueller operation. And then, of course, Mueller begins doing his work, hires all these anti-Trumpers, takes this outrageously aggressive and abusive uh, approach to, uh, uh, not innocence necessarily, to witnesses and potential targets, treating them like others had never been treated before. I'm glad it's over. 
And frankly, the report should have been a few words. We apologize, Mr. President, and I'm sorry, American taxpayer. But of course, that's not what was said. Um, And I'm going to get into what was said. But I can tell you that uh, the Mueller report is is going to uh, not be the end of it in the sense that I'm convinced that, you know, the coup operation, uh, the anti-Trump operation obviously began in 2016. It transmortified into an effort to overthrow the president, a coup in 2017 when he was put in office. The Mueller operation was one phase of that coup overthrow effort. That phase is over. And House Democrats and um, whatever the New York prosecutors in the local office up in uh, New York can do, both at the state and federal level, will probably try to continue to try to overthrow the president. But it is a tremendous victory for the president. And I want to re- refer to our statement, so I, make, I want to make all the good points for you, because you won't hear this anywhere else on the media. The long national nightmare is over. President Trump has been vindicated. The corruptly created and constitutionally abusive Mueller investigation failed to find any evidence to support the big lie that the Trump campaign colluded with the Russian government. And thankfully, the Attorney General rejected Mueller's attempts to smear President Trump with obstruction of justice innuendo by concluding that no such charges could be credibly sustained. Frankly, Mueller never had a valid basis as to whether to investigate President Trump for obstruction of justice. Let's be clear, neither Mueller The Obama FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, the State Department, no one in the deep state had a good faith basis to investigate President Trump on the Russia issue. It wasn't just a hoax. It was a criminal abuse of power, and which is why Judicial Watch has fought consistently with dozens of lawsuits and will continue to fight in the federal courts for truth. And, of course, the targeting of President Trump served to protect Hillary Clinton and her enablers and co-conspirators in the Obama administration from prosecution. And what Attorney General Barr should do is he can begin to restore the credibility of the Justice Department, assuming it can ever be done, by finally initiating a thorough investigation of the Clinton emails and the related pay-to-pay scandals. I'm talking Uranium One and other things like that. And, of course, the abuses behind President, the targeting of President Trump. You know, Judicial Watch was virtually alone in taking on Mueller. Oh, yes, many Republicans were concerned about the dossier and the great work in exposing the corrupt uh, basis of the whole Russia hoax. But no one ever did a darn thing to stop Mueller. Instead, the big line was, we've got to let Mueller finish his, finish his job. And I never bought into that. That's why I opposed the idea of a report, because I was convinced he was going to try to smear the president with another dossier, and I think I've been proven in part right. But but on the other hand, it's a great vindication. No more indictments and no collusion. And I'm going to say it repeatedly. There is no Russia collusion that President Trump had been involved in or his campaign. There is no Russia collusion that President Trump has been involved in or his campaign. There is no evidence of it. That means the dossier, the fundamental basis of the whole Russia spying abuse against President Trump, was found to be wanting 
no evidence means the dossier is not valid. And you know what? They always knew that. Back in 2017, even before President Trump took office, Mr. Comey acknowledged the dossier was minimally corroborated. And it's never been corroborated because it's bunk. Yet it was used repeatedly to get uh, these fraudulent FISA warrants to spy on Carter Page, who was uh, the real target was President Trump, or then candidate Trump. And Mr. Mueller knew there was no Russia collusion at least a year ago. If you've been watching me here, you know that we've exposed that there's been no Russia collusion based on what Mueller has done. We've looked at the core indictments. When I say core indictments, I mean the issues related to the, the uh, Russia hacking, allegedly, of the DNC and Democrats, and Russia fake social media campaigns to involve, trying to uh, mix it up on the election. He had two indictments related to that, those issues. And in those indictments specifically, no Americans knowingly colluded. Those indictments were a year plus ago. And much of it had already been uncovered by Devin Nunes of the House Intelligence Committee, so it wasn't even a lot of work for Mueller to do. They had already known what was going on. So they knew there was no evidence of Russia collusion for at least a year, and yet they continued to harass the President of the United States, impair his ability to function, interfere with our foreign affairs. I mean, I don't have, I don't have the timing in front of me, but you can almost, you, they were announcing indictments, doing hearings, almost concurrent with presidential trips abroad. Taking control of a foreign policy, this out-of-control Mueller investigation. I want to read the letter because the letter that Barr, you, uh, Attorney General Barr sent to uh, Congress summarizing the report, you know, everyone tells you about it, but no one tells you what's in it. And of course, our Washington, D.C. relies on American citizens not looking at primary documents in order to get away with their corruption. You've got to read the primary documents or at least get more information about them so you know exactly what's going on. You cannot rely on the media to tell you, even media that you find to be reliable, to give you the full breadth of the corruption. That's what I always say about these conspiracy theories out there. And I know I've been accused of running conspiracy theories, usually by leftists who don't like what we're doing. The truth is worse than any conspiracy theory. And the truth of this letter is something that you need to know about. Because the media, as I tell you, will, tell, will pretend I've already, has already moved on to the fight between uh, whether the full report's going to be released, which is just a silly fight. It's just noise to distract from the fact that the big lie... The Democratic Party lie, because remember, the dossier is a Democratic Party document. All those Democrats who are complaining about Barr and the DNC and, and, and what Mueller concluded and suggesting there's still evidence, they are conflicted. Adam Schiff is conflicted. His party was the one providing the fake evidence. They should be investigated. But I want to get back to the letter. I'm going to read it in part. He writes, Attorney General Barr writes to Congress. 
The report explains that the special counsel and his staff thoroughly investigated allegations that, member of the pre- that members of the presidential campaign of Donald J. Trump and others associated with it conspired with the Russia government in its efforts to interfere with the 2016 U.S. presidential elections or sought to obstruct the related federal investigations. So that was the core investigation, supposedly. Of course, we still don't know what the core, what he was supposed to be doing because they've been hiding it from us. Rod Rosenstein has. In the report, the special counsel noted that in completing his investigation, he employed 19 lawyers who were assisted by a team of approximately 40 FBI agents, intelligence analysts, forensics accountants, and other professional staff. They had 60 people working on this garbage. 60 people. Special counsel issued more than 2,800 subpoenas, executed 500 search warrants, obtained more than 230 orders for communication records, issued almost 50 orders authorizing use of pen registers, made 13 requests to foreign governments for evidence, and interviewed 500 witnesses. As I said before here, I I guarantee you there's never been as significant a Justice Department investigation in a generation as this investigation in terms of the amount of resources allocated to it. And they came up with zilch. I know the left will say, well, they indicted all these people, and that's all zilch. Not one of those indictments was uh, uh, needed a special counsel to pursue. The indictments against the Russians, which, over, which are the overwhelming bulk of Mueller's indictments, will never be prosecuted because they're against Russians in Russia. They're not going to show up here and be prosecuted. So it was the equivalent of a press release, those indictments. And the indictment against Manafort, a special counsel never needed to be pursuing that. The indictment against General Flynn uh, was corrupt and not related to Russia anyway. And the other indictments for allegedly lying to uh, the special counsel, those were, those were indictments of activities that took place irrespective of Russia collusion, had to do with interfering with the investigation. Nothing. Zilch. The Mueller report shows there never needed to be a Mueller investigation. A primary consideration for the special counsel's investigation was whether any Americans, including individuals associated with the Trump campaign, joined the Russia conspiracies to influence the election, which would be a federal crime. I don't know. The special counsel's investigation did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with Russia in its efforts to influence the 2016 presidential election. As the report states, the investigation, the quote, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. Again, the special counsel did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in these efforts, and the efforts were, as I say, the hacking, allegedly, because it's never been proven in court, the uh, Facebook ads and other internet activity used by the Russians to try to uh, impact the elections one way or another. I don't even think they impacted the elections, since the ads were all over the place, both for and against President Trump. How does that work? In these efforts, despite multiple offers from Russian-affiliated individuals to assist the Trump campaign, 
So the Russians were indirectly or directly communicating or trying to reach out to the Trump campaign and they were rejected. Now this is where the smear job comes in out of the Mueller operation. All those Democrats of Mueller's team, they got their little dig in at President Trump with this obstruction of justice game. After making a thorough factual investigation, the special counsels considered whether to evaluate the conduct under department standards governing prosecution and, dec and declaration de declination decisions, but ultimately determined not to make a traditional prosecutorial judgment on obstruction of justice. Special counsel therefore did not draw a conclusion one way or another as to whether the examined conduct constituted obstruction. The report sets out evidence on both sides of the question and leaves unresolved what the special counsel views as difficult issues of law and facts concerning whether the president's actions and intent could be viewed as obstruction. Special counsel states that while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it does not exonerate him. There you have it, Mr. Mueller's final, final abuse of office. By through innuendo suggesting the president committed a crime while uh, not having the gumption to prosecute him for it. What an abuse of power. And thank God Attorney General Barr said no. He concluded that the evidence developed during special counsel's investigation is not sufficient to establish the president committed an obstruction of justice defense. Our determination was made, not with regard, was made without regard to and is not based on the consideration, the constitutional consideration that surrounds the indictment and criminal prosecution of the sitting president. So they were not even making that decision based whether or they were rule, they were just leaving aside the fact that the president couldn't be prosecuted for obstruction of justice while sitting as president. Generally speaking, to obtain and sustain obstruction of conviction, the government would need to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that a person acting with corrupt intent engaged in obstructive conduct with a sufficient nexus to a pending or contemplated proceeding. In cataloging the president's actions, many of which took place in public view, the report identifies no actions that, in our judgment, constitutes obstructive conduct, had a nexus to pending or contemplated proceedings, or were done with corrupt intent, each of which, under the department's principles of federal prosecution, guiding charging decisions, would need to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt to establish an obstruction justice offense. So, did you hear that? Justice Department concluded... Attorney General Barr and Rod Rosenstein, who's no friend of the rule of law, frankly, on this issue, because he, he started this whole obstruction of justice jihad against President Trump, concluded that Mr. Mueller, despite his uh, garbage innuendo, did not come up with any evidence that there was obstruction of justice. And of course, it makes sense there was no obstruction of justice. There was nothing to obstruct in the sense that the president had nothing to hide because he did not collude with the Russians as, 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 under, as uh, confirmed by the Mueller report. Now, does that mean he can't possibly obstruct justice? No, but certainly weighs heavily against the idea that he had something to hide and had a criminal intent in his actions. And of course, the idea that firing the FBI director, which is his constitutional right and frankly his duty given the misconduct of Comey, and otherwise, exercising his authority 
and expressing his opinion as to the appropriateness of this investigation into something over which he was completely innocent is not obstruction of justice. Maybe in the Alice in Wonderland anti-Trump world that the left had created under Obama and Clinton to try to take him out, but obviously it's not obstruction of justice. So what next? I frankly think the Attorney General Barr should send the FBI over to the president and take a crime victim statement and then begin prosecutions. But I don't think that's going to happen. There's going to be a, a, a delay as the Attorney General goes through the report and figures out how much of it he can release publicly. Now, Judicial Watch obviously always errs on the side of transparency. We've already asked for the investigative file, and we'll want to see as much as we can here. They should uh, release it all. The president should go on a transparency tear. As I've said repeatedly, declassify the rest of the FISA warrants and everything else behind the deep state uh, targeting that led to this Mueller abuse. But it's a great day for the republic. It's a great day, great week for the republic, a great week for the president. The president is a crime victim. Carter Page is a crime victim. And I'm sure there are other crime victims that I'm not even listing here. They all knew. Adam Schiff knew. James Comey knew. Barack Obama knew. Susan Rice knew. Joe Biden knew. John Brennan knew. James Clapper knew. Peter Strzok knew. Lisa Page knew. Andrew Andrew McCabe knew. They all knew There was no evidence of Russia collusion. Yet they suggested to the media, through illegal leaks of classified information, suggested to the courts, and lied to you, the American people, that there was something there. And there never was anything there. Sixty people were looking for it. They couldn't find it. And believe me, they knew almost immediately there was nothing there. And they lied to you repeatedly about the origins of the allegations, its sourcing. President Trump won. Hillary Clinton lost again because that was her effort, the dossier paid for with her that we weren't told about until after the fact. Paid with secret monies through a laund- laundered through a law firm by Hillary Clinton and Democratic National Committee. I mean, I could go on and on about how outrageous the Mueller investigation was and the origins of it. Now, Judicial Watch is going to continue to do the heavy lifting here. We've got dozens of lawsuits already on the Mueller deep state attack on President Trump. 